Well, as most of you know who have heard me speak before, you know I like to start with a little joke. It kind of loosens me up, and hopefully it loosens you up too. So if you've heard this joke before, or if it's not funny to you, laugh anyway, because it makes me feel better. Children were all lined up at the cafeteria for lunch at a Christian school. And at the head of the, t of the uh, line, there was a big bowl of big, bright, juicy red apples. And there was a little sign there that said, take only one. God is watching. So as they proceeded through the aisle down there at the other end, there was a, another big bowl full of big chocolate chip cookies. And some enterprising young man had made another note there that said, take all you want, God's watching the apples. <laughs> Sounds like a five or six or eight year old boy, doesn't it? Of course, I was never like that, you know. I want to talk to you today about honor. And the Bible has an honor principle. And, you know, we've just come through Mother's Day and getting ready to do Father's Day, and then we had Memorial Day, and then we had D-Day, and pretty soon we're going to have the 4th of July or Independence Day, and then we're going to have Labor Day. And all those days, it seems like there's a day for everything anymore. And uh, it's a time where we supposedly honor all those different entities. But I, I, I have to say that I think a lot of those celebrations have just become an excuse to have a party. And that's kind of a shame because in God's word, honor is important. And, you know, in Ephesians uh, chapter, chapter 6, beginning in verse 2 and 3, the word says, Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise, that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And then in the Amplified Version, it says, Honor or esteem and value is precious, your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. Um, family is so important, so valuable, so precious, and so uh, enduring that it's important that when we think about Mother's Day or Father's Day, that we really understand, you know, no matter how good or how bad your mother or father were, they brought you into the world. They fed you. They clothed you. They took care of you. And it's obligatory that we recognize the value that they were, even if they weren't the greatest father. By the way, you know there aren't any perfect mothers or fathers, don't you? Everybody shake your head yes, because you know it's true. So... It kind of goes without saying that we should honor our fathers and our mothers. But the, the honor principle goes a whole lot further than that. And I, I, before I get into this any further, I, I want to define honor. 
And it's kind of a long definition, so bear with me. Uh, to value, to esteem, to respect, worth. Now it starts to get a little more difficult. Submit to, defer, obey, exalt. Those are all definitions of the term honor. And sometimes it's helpful to understand the meaning of a word by knowing what the antonyms are. And some of them for honor are to show disdain, disobedience, to treat as common, devalue, despise, ignore. And, you know, honor or dishonor are shown in a number of ways. It can be shown by what you do, by what you say, by what you think. You wouldn't think just thoughts would be dishonoring, but they can be, even though nobody knows about it but you. You know, it may just be your thoughts. You might see somebody and say, oh, what a jerk, you know, or that guy is stupid or whatever. Those are dishonoring terms. And it's, been, it's become common in our society to treat people who don't agree with your politics or with your religion or with your, your lifestyle or anything else to devalue those people by dissing them. That's what the young people call it. We're dissing them. You know, I, I don't really understand that you could just say dismiss or you know say the whole word but it's just dis you diss them and even if it isn't said if it's thought it's dishonoring and in God's word just like it says in in Ephesians about honoring your mother and father there's a promise that's attached to that and any time that we show dishonor to somebody, and we're going to talk about who all we can show honor or dishonor to. Anytime we dishonor somebody, we actually devalue them. And when you do that, there are consequences to that because it develops a mindset, a mindset that that's okay for you to do that. Well, according to God's word, it's not okay. It's important that we treat everybody with respect. Not just our mothers and fathers, not just the people who died in, on D-Day. 10,000 men died that one day. And it's important that we honor them. But not just those kind of things, but everyday people that we come in contact with. I'm going to talk some more about that in a bit. But, um, the Bible talks a lot about who we should honor. And we're going to go through, i got about 30 or 40 scriptures. I don't know quite how many I have here, but we're going to. So we may be here a while. Are you scared yet? I hope you don't have dinner on the stove. Okay, so who are we to honor? Well, of course, first of all, we're to honor God. 
That kind of goes without saying in this environment, but it doesn't necessarily go without saying when we get outside this environment. When we come in contact with the world and we uh, see people that we don't like or we watch the news and some politician says something that you disagree with or whatever. It's important for us to remember that every human being has been created in God's image. Every human being. I don't care what you think of them. They were made in God's image. Not only that, but God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, into the world to save us all, the entire world. He didn't come just for us who have chosen to follow Him. He came for the whole world. Now, it's everybody's choice whether they're going to accept that, that sacrifice that He made. But He made it believing that it was for the entire world. So it's important that we remember that about the people that we come in contact with. So who are we to honor? First of all, God. Let's look at 1 Samuel, chapter 2, and the last part of that verse. It says, But now the Lord says, Far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. That's pretty plain. Well, so how do we honor God? We honor God by, by following His Word, by doing what His Word says we should do, by believing the fact that He created the earth and everything that's in it, that He gave His Son as a sacrifice for our sins so, so that we could be united with Him one day. And it's important to understand that the things that he tells us in his word are the directions that he gives us. So if we're disobedient to what he says, we're dishonoring him. Talk about that a little more later. Second, we're to honor Jesus. Uh, look at John chapter 5, verse 23. And it says that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Now, you know, again, in our church environment here, we're with brothers and sisters in Christ, and, and we're uh, primarily here to honor God and to honor Jesus. But there's a world that we have to go out into and live in. You know, we're here in church maybe four hours a week. And all the rest of the week we're out there in the world coming in contact with people who are not only Christians, but we're coming in contact with people who are not saved. And it's really important for us to understand that we represent Christ when we're out there in that world. And if we show disdain or disrespect or dishonor to people, we're leaving an impression on the people of what Jesus is like because we represent him. Um, next, church leaders. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some teachers and pastors. Now, um, well, 
I'm going to start meddling a little now. So, It's my experience in church life that the congregation, well, let me, let me preface that just a, just a bit. This church, for the size, has the most volunteer people as a percentage of the congregation that I've ever been associated with. And Sarah and I have been going to churches for a long, long time. So, I'm proud of, of the, the, the volunteers that we have here. But it's my experience that <laughs> when our pastors set people in place as volunteers or whether they're paid or they're volunteers, as they set them in place, that they've entrusted them with a portion of their ministry. And because they've entrusted them with that portion, that means that they trust them it means that they have enabled them. It means that they have set them in place to do a particular function or to lead a particular group. Well, it's my experience that the people that are under those underlings, if you will, uh, don't necessarily show that leader, although they may not even have a title, but they're leading a group of some kind. The congregation, the people that are under them, don't necessarily show the respect and the honor that that position deserves, that position should have. And, they, and it's shown by their disregard for the instructions that those people give them. Now, if the pastor or the, our pastors give those people directions, they're quick to obey. They're quick to listen and to do what they're supposed to do. But when it comes from somebody who's down the line a little bit, they're not so quick to respond. How many of you know that's not right? It's not right. So it's important that all the leadership in the church is honored and respected no matter what their position. I better get off of that or I'm going to start really preaching. The next group that we're to honor are the civil authorities. And that, that is government at all levels. All levels. From the President of the United States down to our county commissioners or the police, police department or the fire department or anyone that has a position of authority. It's delegated authority to be sure, but it's still authority. Romans chapter 1, oh, excuse me, Romans 13, excuse me, chap, uh, verse 1 through 2. Let every soul be subject to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and the authorities that exist are appointed by God. Therefore, whoever resists authority resists the ordinance of God. And those who resist will bring judgment on themselves. Now, how many of you watch the news? Everybody, right? Sooner or later, everybody watches the news. Sarah and I don't watch very much of it, but, you know, we watch a little bit every day. And if you watch the news, there's lots of opportunity to you, for you to find disrespect, 
or disdain for the things that are said and done. Uh, <clears throat> it's important that we respect other people's opinions when they differ from ours. It's important that we respect their opinions and don't disdain them. I've heard pastors say that, you know, this world, this church would be a, a real easy church if you didn't have to deal with people. <laughs> and it's true. You know, people are what make up a church. And everybody has differing opinions. Everybody differs from my opinion, but mine's right, you know. <laughs> we all think that, don't we? Well... I've been proven wrong so many times in my lifetime from my opinions that I don't even very much offer an opinion anymore. Our political process is broken. And it's broken to the point that all the different divisions of government are disdaining and belittling and insulting the others. And because we spend most of our waking hours outside of church and even outside our homes, we're exposed to that all the time. Constantly we're exposed to that. Not just from the news, but in everyday conversations and <clears throat> any kind of publications that we read or anything like that. And it's important that we hold ourselves aloof from making judgments based on what we're exposed to in our environment. We're supposed to be followers of Jesus Christ. We're supposed to be followers of God. The Word says that God is love. You can't express love for somebody. You can't have love for somebody and insult them, disdain them, curse them, whatever. It's not possible. So we have to practice honoring others in our everyday life and in our, in our interactions with everybody that we come in contact with. You know, all of us have a different sphere of influence in our lives. And you can either be shaped by your sphere or you can use your posi position in the sphere to shape the sphere. And you may think to yourself, well, I'm just a little guy in this whole deal, you know, and it doesn't matter what I say or think. It's not true. Words have power. All words have power. They have power within ourselves. We believe what we say before we believe what anybody else says. So if we're speaking the right words, not, not only to other people but to ourselves, it has an impact on us. And we have an impact on other people. So I'll get off that soapbox. The next group are social authorities. And I don't, I don't know that that's the right way to define that social, but it's like our employers, our teachers, leaders in any social environment. If you belong to any club or anything like that, there's a leader, and they're delegated leaders. And if you're part of that organization, you have an obligation to support those leaders and to listen to what they have to say 
and to obey the, the rules of the organization. <clears throat> That's not a far out concept, I don't think. I think it's just normal, everyday common sense. And it's also God's word. First uh, Timothy chapter six, verse one in the Amplified translation says, let all who are under the yoke as bondservants esteem their own personal masters worthy of honor and the fullest respect so that the name of God and the teaching about him may not be brought into disrepute and blasphemed. That scripture, I think, capsulizes what our attitude should be to anybody that has any kind of leadership over us. It doesn't mean, you know, <clears throat> for many, many years I was in the retail business and I had lots of people working for me and uh, at all kinds of different levels. Uh, started as, out as a stock boy and a New store was opening, and I worked for 45 years in that business and became a, a vice president of operations of a couple of different chains. So I've had people under me and over me at every level of that business. And you can be, it, you, you, you can be obedient and not be submissive. Does that make sense? You can do what somebody asks you to do with your teeth gritted and complaining to yourself the whole time you do it. One is obedience, the other is submission. And it's important that we recognize that our entire society is built on that pyramid. And so we have to be cognizant of that cognizant, did I say that right? Cognizant of that and realize that we have to make choices every day about whether we're going to receive something or we're not going to receive something. <clears throat> and the fact of the matter is that who and what we are today is the sum total of all the choices that we've made in our whole life. Some good, some bad, some, some excellent, and some really stupid, and, and all those kind of things. I've made all of them, so I, I know what I'm talking about. You don't live to be my age and not having made thousands, if not millions, of bad choices. But I've made some good ones, too. I married my beautiful wife almost 56 years ago. That's a pretty good choice. She's still beautiful, isn't she? She is. Trust me, she is. Second Corinthians chapter 2 verse 15 says for we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing and as I was talking before about uh, coming in contact with people that we don't necessarily agree with and uh, 
having an influence in our sphere of influence for the good and not to be blaspheming and not to be criticizing everything that everybody asks us to do and all that. Everything that we say and do when we interact with other people either has a positive impact or a negative impact. There is no in-between. And all of us, every day, interact with dozens, if not hundreds, of people. And hopefully, we Christians give a positive uh, flavor or fragrance, as it said in that uh, passage of Scripture, to the people who experience us. You know, when you interact with other people, you experience them, and they experience you. It's an interchange that is irrevocable. You either have a good influence or you have a bad influence. There's no in-between. You may think that, you know, you just say hello to somebody or somebody says hello to you and you go your ways. You're like ships passing in the night. And you may think that that doesn't have any impact at all. I have to tell you a little bit about my wife. When she goes shopping for groceries or whatever, you know, when she comes home or when we see each other, she always has stories to tell me about the people that she meets in the grocery store or Walmart or wherever. And most of them are really good stories how she's been able to interact with people there and and it's a good experience for her. Well, I can guarantee you from living with her for 56 almost years that she's a good influence on them because she has a positive attitude and she's cheerful and she seeks out relationship with people. And those of you who really know her know that when you interact with her, it's a positive influence. So she's a model for me. I try to walk in her footsteps and exhibit the same kinds of things as I interact with people. And I think that's something we all need to do. We need to not just pass somebody in the street and say hi, you know, or not pass somebody in the grocery store and just say hi. But Sarah always has something positive to say to people when she meets them because she's representing Jesus Christ and she recognizes it and she works for it. That was all free. <clears throat> How much time I got? I got lots of time. Uh, let's look at Matthew chapter 10. And this is the New King James Version, and I'm going to, it's, it's a fairly long passage, and I'm going to read it through um, once, and then I'm going to read it through again. I'm going to change some words. Changing the word, the way I'm going to change the words won't really change the meaning of the, of the scripture, but it will give some insight into the point that I'm trying to make here. <clears throat> so, 
It says, he who receives honor, or excuse me, he who receives you receives me. And he who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Reward is the, is the, the one I want to fo focus on. Now I'm going to change, wherever it says receives, I'm going to change that word to honor. Because when you receive somebody, you're honoring that person. When you all <clears throat> received me, allowed me to speak up here, hopefully you're receiving the words I've said. And if you are, then that honors me. It honors the Father through me. So I want to change that, that word. He who honors you honors me. And he who honors me honors him who sent me. He who honors a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who honors a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever gives one of these little ones only a cup of water in the name of a disciple, assuredly I say to you, he shall by no means lose his reward. Now, <clears throat> two particular things I want to I focus on here. The first part of this, this verse is talking about God. He who receives God receives or honors his son whom he sent. The second part is talking about receiving an, a, a, righteous man, a righteous man in the name of a righteous man. That's all the people that we come in contact with all the time. Whether they're our leaders, whether they're our contemporaries, whether they're our, our peers, whether they're our subordinates whether it's the mechanic that you use to work on your car or the waiter or waitress that waits on you in a restaurant or the person, the people that pick up your trash. They're all worthy of honor. They're all worthy of us recognizing their value. I gotta tell you something. If we didn't have people picking up our trash, we'd be in a hell of a mess. And we need to honor those people. They're doing a job that most people wouldn't wanna do. But they're willing to do it in order to keep us and our neighborhoods and all clean. Okay, I'm fixing to close here. A little bit of a brief message, maybe. Uh, I'm going to close with one passage of Scripture, and it's fairly long, and I'm going to read it in, in two translations. <clears throat> and... This sums up really everything I've, I've said, probably better than what I've said. So, 1 Peter 2, beginning in verse 13. Therefore, submit yourselves in every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors or to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers, and for the praise of those who do good. 
For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. As free, in other words, as us being free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God, honor all people, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king, or in our case, the president. And then in the Amplified Version, or the Message Version, excuse me, it says, Make the master proud of you by being good citizens. Respect authorities, whatever their level. They are God's emissaries for keeping order. It is God's will that by doing good, you might cure the ignorance of the fools who think you're a danger to society. Exercise your freedom by serving God, not by breaking the rules. Treat everyone you meet with dignity. Love your spiritual family. Revere God. Respect the government. If I could sum up honor in just one word, uh, I read you a whole bunch of definitions of honor, but the one that, that, that I most focus on is the word respect. If we respect the people that we come in contact with, the people that we deal with, regardless of their level, if we will just respect them, that will bring such uh, appreciation to them that you actually respected them, that you actually respected them enough to treat them as an honorable person. God is so good to us. Our best blessings abound you know, and I think we as people have a tendency to focus on the negative things that we come in contact with our life. The negative people, the negative circumstances, the negative vibes or whatever. But really, the important thing is the, is the positive things that we, that we experience every day of our lives. And no matter what we're going through, we all have positive things to be thankful for. Uh, when we had our little gathering this morning uh, of all the volunteers, we have a little prayer time. And Veronica, every week somebody else brings a little blessing word to the group. And Veronica brought it this time. And she, she there, there were two things that she really focused on, and they, they blessed me. I trust that they blessed everybody else. She focused on the, the phrase, all is well. And she had some difficulties this morning, even getting here to church. But all is well. And the second thing that she focused on was being thankful in all things. And I think that those two things are something for all of us to remember and take to heart and practice. You know, you don't really get good at anything without practicing, right? Everything that you do that you do well, you have practice.
makes you better. 